0: All right, let's go. It's time for another episode of The Bunt, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. And the bottom line about skateboarding is you owe Vans, and you're lucky to find them, all right? This week, we're getting back to our bread and butter, the Pro Classics. Identified by their distinctive Pro Classics label package, Vans Pro Classics are built
1: to last longer with reinforced abrasion areas and provide the extra support and cushioning demanded by the world's best professional skateboarders and
0: scrubs like D. Jones. The Vans Pro Classics are a classic style reinvented with upgraded cushioning and durability. Available in the old school Pro, the Skate High Pro, Authentic Pro, and many more. Bro, I'm all about that Ultra Cush
1: HD and DuraCap technology. D. Jones, what you riding these days? You got that
0: DuraCap popping? Oh, my man. You know I don't leave home without it. These days, I'm rocking the Vans, Slip-On Pros, Checkerboard Colorway. Got me looking fly. Van Shoes. The only way.
1: And
2: now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Saifa and Donovan.
0: Mike, check, Mike, check, what is this? After a long weekend, The Bunt is back in business. My man, I'm feeling. Pretty goddamn dusty today. I mean, I'm losing my voice. Could be getting sick, but the show must go on. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, we got Ants One behind the scenes.
1: It's a cool tank. Cool still,
0: my dog, take it over for a quick sec. Shout out to our bachelor crew gang.
1: Goddamn, it's always a turn up. Good times. Colin Posse, <laughs> real one. Congratulations, big dog. Yeah, we still recovering. But as Donald said, the show must go on. And this week, we got big things in store. AK Mark Suchu, Mr. Backbreaker, Mr. No Tic Tac, Mr. Fucking Genius. <laughs> Real shit this week. Then we coming through hot with the post office. You know what I'm saying? Holla at the people. And then you know what time it is. <laughs> These NBA finals are popping. And Nashville's
0: about to do me proud and square things up over there too. <laughs> Let's get it. Oh, man, that ain't happening. Pittsburgh's going to close them out, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. A couple big announcements to make. The Bunt's first drop of clothing is officially sold out at a drift shop and a drift shop online. Want to say big thanks to everyone and might have to do it again and drop some more clothes in uh, the near future. Yeah, major shouts to everyone who got some clothes tagging us on uh, Instagram and shit. We appreciate you get them insta clips popping with that gear you know what i'm saying and one more thing you know we popped off a little half cab heel contest last week got a couple entries one homie with the fire edit i respect it i respect it but shit there's still time and we know some of y'all out there got them half cab heels and you just think a little daniel kim in the schoolyard you know yeah how much time we got actually I'll <laughs> give the people three more weeks or what yeah three more weeks let's go let's get these half cab heels popping blood if any of y'all missed last week the rules are very simple the trick has to involve a half cab heel no nollies none of that business Go will be into something out of something you name it post it on instagram and tag at the Bunt live at vans canada at vans skate and hashtag adam c challenge and before you know it a box could be coming to your house straight from studio e that's what's really good, yo. Let's get these half cab heels popping.
1: Cola styles. And yo, follow us at Instagram at the Bunt Live. Fucking hit us at Facebook at the Bunt and definitely send in them emails to the Bunt Live at gmail.com. And shit, if you don't have the podcast app, well you do have it, cause it's on your phone. Subscribe to your boys and then you know you get the episode every week, every Wednesday, the second we upload it. Ain't got to search for it on SoundCloud
0: or nothing like that. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what you're saying, dog. All right, before we get into the interview with Mark, a couple reasons why we wanted to bring the homie on the show. Dropped one of the craziest parts the cross continental, shook the skateboarding world. As we say in the interview, backbreakers all over the place, nobody saw it coming. The man pulled a pretty controversial move going back to school after turning pro. So, you know, we had to get him on the show and get the behind the scenes info.
1: I want to give a special shout out to my main man, Kevin Lowry. Him and Suchu were in town and Kev didn't waste no time introducing us to the the new homie and uh, lining up this interview. So, you know what I'm saying? Thank Kevin Lowry for this one. Shouts to you, Doug. I'll give you that one. (laughs) It was great to have someone in Studio E with us. It's been a while. So fucking let's get into this shit. Homie rides for Adidas, Habitat Skateboards, Atlas Skate Shop, and probably some other companies. You know what I'm saying? Ruka? (laughs) Ruka Skate. (laughs) Let's get into this, man.
0: get it started first live interview of the season we got our man mark sutu in the building what's going on man how's it going yeah good how are you enjoying the six so far it's good skating's been good say so, for you approve of calling it the six or what
1: i was just gonna, about to call you out
0: <laughs> i knew it was coming t dot
1: toronto you <laughs> know what i'm saying and about that six drake bullshit
0: how you feel
2: about drake i don't like drake oh damn it. <laughs> that song has been in my head all day which one
0: Fucking uh, hotline bling. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That that one will go, yeah. All right, so we start every show off the same. Favorite sports moment and favorite skateboard moment.
2: All right, favorite skate moment? Fuck, I don't know. You said burning down somebody's (laughs) ramp. (laughs) That was Jake Phelps, man. I don't expect (laughs) to have one like that. But that reminds me that uh, when I was a kid, I would skate around downtown Saratoga, the town I'm from, and we would always see this mini ramp just, like, up the hill in some dude's backyard, and we were skating around one day and some dude drives by in a truck and just goes yo there's a fucking mini ramp down the street you guys could skate it and we just looked at each other in disbelief like what and so we went to his place nobody was there and we just skated his ramp we skated there for weeks
1: after that so he wasn't a pedophile trying to
2: (laughs) (laughs) lure kids no and he would never skate his ramp either damn that's pretty dope
1: let's tell you what about a favorite sports moment you big sports guy no,
2: not at all. I feel like I have to be honest and just stay true to that. I don't <laughs> watch sports.
0: Did you ever play any sports when you were young? When I was maybe four years old. What were you playing? Soccer?
2: I can't remember. Oh, nothing. Basketball, maybe. Okay, Ooh. okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of mind. So we'll just go ahead and say his favorite sports moment was uh, the Warriors winning game one tonight. Yeah. Because I'm living off that high right now. <laughs> Definitely his favorite. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Saratoga, outside of San Jose. What was that like, and uh, how'd you get into skating? Well,
2: the Bay Area has pretty amazing skate parks, so skating was always was always really good out there. Skating in downtown Saratoga, which is basically what I did from like the age of I don't know ten to fifteen, that was terrible. We had a metal curb spot, and for a couple weeks, that mini ramp. But we would always go to the Sunnyvale skate park or we would go up to San Francisco on the weekends. So that was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. Nice. Man. Had to keep it moving at those spots, eh? For Is sure. it, was it that little metal spot that like... Definitely not. <laughs> no? Okay, never mind. Which one were you going to say? Th- there's now? like a... What's that crew called? Oh, De Anza Park. Yeah, like yeah, Mark Johnson and all those guys, yeah.
2: Yeah, no. Those ledges were too tall for me. <laughs> Even the metal one. At Sunnyvale Park, Jake Phillips taught me how to frontside rock. Taught me and like 10 other kids to frontside rock. He got everybody in the skate parks to come over to the littlest bowl. I was like, school sucks. Frontside rocks are cool. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Learn frontside rocks. Yes. Oh
0: my God. That's my dude. Did you dare call him felpers or what? No, no. I would never. Pure uh, yeah. respect for Jake these days. That's
1: my dude, Jake. Don't ever disrespect him again, <laughs> Donald.
0: <laughs> Won't happen. All right. So dare we say you were a YouTube kid crushing Cali, had some heavy footy on the web. Tell us about that little era.
2: Uh, yeah that was a pretty funny era we were just talking about the about that the other day because it's kind of like instagram is its own thing now but back then i think what i was really hyped on was just the throwaway parts to kind of see skating in a new light Mm -hmm. to see really i don't know what would you call it more
0: skating almost
2: more skating lighthearted is not the word i'm looking for but just a little bit mellower stuff and more of it, cruising around more and that was mm-hmm. you know what i wanted to do after i would skate i would just go home and fucking watch youtube videos but um yeah i mean the most significant event for me was having pj lad shout me out on the barracks oh shit <laughs> that that's the reason that i became a youtube kid because uh on the text yourself things he responded to one that said who's your favorite skater and he said i don't know but that kid Mark the is pretty sick no way oh, <laughs> i was one. i lost it pj was my favorite skater growing up yeah so it's like my friend called me right away it was his favorite skater too and we just fucking
1: oh, that's insane that must have the barracks making dreams come <laughs> true yeah yeah i guess i <laughs> owe them <laughs> quite yourself. a bit yeah legend to legend blessing i remember uh you like kickback blended. was did he see the part where you did that kickback blend on the rail and stuff was was this it, before or after
2: I think it was around the same time. And you were doing like hard flip back tail big
1: spins. like you're.
2: Just... Yeah, the hard flip back tail backside flip part.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> hard flip back tail, backside flip, flip back, nose blending a rail. And you were like two feet tall. <laughs> that shit was, was from when I was 16, yeah. God damn. And then PJ just came with the blessing. I guess we're probably skipping a bunch of stuff. But uh, Habitat put you on. What's the story there? How much of a dream come true was that? That was a big one. Definitely.
2: I did initially want to ride for Alien workshop though i left powell when when they asked to turn me am i think i was like talking to a lot of other people and they were saying nah you probably shouldn't go with powell if you want to get out there more and you know it's definitely cool i would have been in la and now i've been able to like travel across the us and shit but um yeah so i quit powell went without a board sponsor for a second was just trying to get on Alien as hard as I could. And then finally Josh Kalis hooked me up. I got a couple of boxes and um, then Brendan Conroy just hit me up and said, yo, we think you're a better fit over at Habitat. And your, your friend Daryl Angel is backing you.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Because Daryl part. and I are both from San Jose. Okay. How did you and Kalis come in contact?
2: I really don't remember. I think maybe just the word was out there and he emailed me.
1: He he was watching the barracks. <laughs> yeah, he did he his research. He heard PJ.
2: <laughs> he would send me these fucking amazing emails that, are like, with a lot of ellipses, just dot dot dot. And like, the rest is up to you. I can, <laughs> I can get you a box of boards, <laughs> yeah. but the rest is up to
1: you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man! You took care of business. It was sick.
0: So uh, next thing we know, you're on the East Coast doing all those backbreaker tricks and innovating. What, uh, what was behind the decision to go east?
1: Search the horizon. You were still on the west coast?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So there you go. So search the horizon. Wait, no, no. That wasn't what it was called,
1: was it? Maybe the one before origin. that. Origin, sorry. Search the horizon? Was Did that I a video? Did I just make that up? Was that, I was... think that's
2: just a slogan.
1: <laughs> there was a video called that? Oh. You don't even know your own company's video yeah, titles. Yeah, no. no my, that's my <laughs> bad though. So origin. Origin. Was your welcome part kind of thing?
2: Yeah, that was my first, so I graduated high school and I was going to film for a Transworld video with Chris Ray, but I got really hurt and then after that I would have been filming for the Transworld video part while getting boards from Habitat, but instead after that injury I just put everything into filming for Origin and that came out really shortly after it, so it was like high school footage senior year footage damn (laughs) and um brennan was brennan conroy was kind of hating on it not really he's like yeah man you do your stupid fucking california (laughs) shit." and that was really eye-opening for me it was like the first time that anyone had ever critiqued a spot being from california and just watching these youtube throwaway parts forever i didn't have a sense of like why i really liked videos like photosynthesis mosaic or even seven-year glitch. Right. You know, I just kind of really loved skating, and I, I did have a sense of the tricks I liked, but also that was kind of, you know, just whatever, too. Whatever was exciting. Like, Ronson Lambert at the time was one of my favorite skaters <laughs> because he would do, like, the fucking crazy shit. Even really simple things, like a front-shove-it-back Smith. That's a weird one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, Brennan was hating, and <laughs> I was hurt. But then I started to understand, and... I started to just look at the way I looked at skating. And so I had that origin part come out and I wanted to film more on the East Coast. Actually, I don't think it really went that way. I think what happened was I really liked Love Park and my friends from Sacramento had been to, to skate Love Park with, okay. with Anthony Travis, with Aunt Travis. Mm-hmm. So I was just texting him and uh, yeah, that was right after, it was the same period. And he said, yeah, you can st- you can come and stay at my parents' house if you want to. Skate love for two weeks. Sick. So I went in December. It was cold as shit, but I was so down for it. I was so excited. And the, skate- the crew out there at that time was so tightly linked. And like Ashad was just still coming up. And everybody was-, was feeling his energy as well. Everybody was always out skating. And love, you know, the city hall was still there then too. Yeah, so I went back that summer and I said, shit, I should drive across the country. And that's what sparked that whole cross-continental thing. I did that drive like six or seven times. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've actually done it 10 times. But um, for that video, I did it maybe six times. Um, Savage.
1: <laughs>
0: actually, yeah.
1: So basically, the move out east was sparked by Brennan hating on you. <laughs> and hating on your trick well, or no. your spots. And just wanting I mean, to
0: like skate better-looking spots, I guess.
1: Yeah, but that never would have
2: happened if the crew in Philly hadn't been so like welcoming. So welcoming, but also
1: just so appealing right well you guys were all young it's like i feel like probably easier to get along and like there's yeah. no beef yeah, everyone so just for wants sure. to skate let's yeah. just go skate all day for every sure. day yeah that's awesome
0: ten times dog it's <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> a lot of
2: miles yeah the only state i haven't been to is alaska you planning on it uh no plans but i would like to go for sure
1: so we just mentioned it briefly but uh, cross continental in in our opinions changed the game with all the backbreakers and if you're not sure what that is, it's just like tricks where you revert out the uh, harder way. Back when he faggy 5 older rags, that type of stuff. Well, I mean, he, he obviously knows for our <laughs> well, listeners. I'm just saying, oh, <laughs> you're
0: telling the listeners. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, the backbreakers and the flawless trick selection. How uh, was filming for that and uh, those drives cross-country? That was
2: amazing. That was a super good time. So for that video part, I only did one full round trip across the U.S. One week one way, three weeks the way back and just camped the whole time, skating with Miguel, filming with Miguel Valle. Skating too, for sure. Best skateboarder ever. <laughs> Special <back next> <laughs> Shout out. He and I really saw eye to eye at that time. We were both really stoked on on the kind of mosaic thing. He was drawing up boards for me when I first got on Habitat. Like He was like, don't show him, don't show him. But we were both just that hyped that he would do something like that. And um, yeah, skating with Joey Guevara at the time too. And so that was when I kind of really... I don't know, just kind of looked around for the first time and said, oh shit, I, sh- I can like think about this and I can, I don't know, because when I, when I was filming for Origin, I was putting so much energy into it and a lot of thought too, but the thought just had no like funnel. It had no, no direction, I guess. Right. And so finally when, when I kind of had these ideas flowing and then after getting hurt, it was just kind of like a perfect mixture of, you know, of tensions building and yeah, staying in Philly for like 3 weeks that summer and on the way back and skating a lot in San Jose as well.
1: Sick. Like, what was the uh, injury back then?
2: Right when I got out of high school. That was pretty formative. Just rolled my ankle super bad. Was out for 2 months. Didn't break it or anything, but that was the longest I had been out of skating at that point. But, you know, just after coming out of high school and I had a really good high school experience. So it's like a, you know, big community and even if I was on the sidelines of it, always skating, always going off campus to skate at lunch and stuff. I did definitely have a community. And then to to just go off, do my own thing, not go to college, have to convince my dad that this was, you know, he didn't believe it. But I tried to convince him that that was the right thing to do.
1: Um, <laughs> it's never easy.
2: Yeah, so then I rolled my ankle and I really just like fucking profound emptiness, like so bummed out, just had nothing to do. Nothing made sense anymore. I was like, holy shit, is this what life is like after skating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Fuck. Yeah. So
0: you didn't tic-tac once in the entire part. First off, respect. That's pretty insane. <laughs> Thank you. Was uh, no tic-tacs a conscious effort on your part? No, that's definitely the first time I've ever heard that. No really? way, yo. Yeah, I've never Tim, Tim never had heard one, it. too.
1: There's been a few no-tic-tac yeah. parts, but that's r- rare. Derek Fowler between. had one, too.
2: What about like when you tic-tac after doing a trick? and before taking your first push you know in in a line
1: fuck i get that still counts as a tic-tac you didn't tic-tac like on rolling up or landing but like landing's the real challenge yeah yeah that's insane so you had no clue i thought no definitely that part was like seven minutes long i'm like for (laughs) sure he probably refilmed a couple tricks just to like not just to keep it going yeah
2: no, no. I mean, I would, I would definitely yeah, refilm man, the trick just if I, that queen. if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't like the way I did the trick, I would, you know, I'm sure there were some TikToks that I said, ah, oh, let's do it again, Because yeah. I was, you know, dude, at fucking 18, 19, like I just had so much ambition and so much time, and Miguel, like everybody,
1: was behind me and just kind of waiting, waiting to see what we could do. Well, the crazy thing about the no tick part for me. Was that how many backbreakers you were doing on that part? Like, you yeah. do like a back nose blunt 270, like the hard way. But that
2: was into a bank.
1: Yeah, but still, just like <laughs> See, tr- and when I did it
2: on the ledge, <laughs> the flat ledge in Portland, I think I had the tic tac there.
1: Yeah, fair enough. But like, you were doing tricks where it's like you're doing backbreakers. I watched that part like a million times. Like <laughs> I'm sure everyone did. <laughs> and I was uh, very impressed the first time I realized you didn't take the whole time. Savage. Pickups. ups, Respect. Oh, and I just want to shout out my my whack homie joel scullard who oh who i i think i actually posted it on my facebook your part and i was like no tick like savage <laughs> at the time and then my buddy commented like oh he skates loose trucks it's not that impressive i'm like
0: Woo. why go bury joel in front because, of me because
1: because i remember now being joel like runs into him. joel you're an idiot oh, it
0: God. doesn't matter
1: how loose your trucks are <laughs> not tic tacking for six minutes straight my trucks aren't that loose it's crazy there you go joel oh. <laughs> there you go well wait no sorry i meant
2: that against
1: myself not against joel (laughs) (laughs) so the whole backbreaking thing you're setting hella trends in that part obviously a legendary part did you have any idea what kind of impact it would have have you even noticed the impact it had Mm, no definitely
2: not i i mean i don't think i would be able to tell
1: true i guess it's weird when it's it's like it's, it's easier to see it from the outside, like you know. I
2: mean, I've seen I've seen a couple of people who who do those. I mean, I definitely have noticed that people do those tricks more often. But people do a lot more tricks more often now. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. But and that,
2: people were doing that before too. Like Rodrigo, what did he do in Barcelona with the switch front crook, front seven eighty in the long line? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
1: also Javier at Sats. right? What did he do? I'm front here. nose, front seventy. Yeah, no. Obviously, Enrique
2: yeah, Lorenzo did switch front as front two seventy.
1: Yeah, backbreakers have was been done. To, you know, Carl Watson on for sure. I can't he's been and seven. stuff. Yeah, but I'm I mean, sorry. you did so many, and some of them were new. And it was like so many in one condensed part that it was like I just remember you go to the skate park after that part came out, and everyone's trying like trying backbreakers. <laughs> you put some shine on those for sure. But obviously, humble guy, not gonna take credit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, take us behind the scenes on the vario heel, the love gap. We hear there might have been some tears shed, potentially. Some tears shed? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think I cry when I escape, but I get really (laughs) 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 fucking Oh,
2: we got some false
1: information.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. I mean, I definitely remember trying to explain to my friend Corey Huber why I get so pissed. This was on the drive. So it took me two nights, the second night when we were driving there. He was like, you shouldn't get mad. <laughs> and I just kind of tried to explain to him that well, it was pretty deep. It was like, imagine you just feel like you're losing everything. <laughs> imagine you feel like you have everything and you're just losing it all. But the Veral Heel, yeah, it took me two days. I remember that I wanted to skate the gap ever since I went to Philly in December of 2010. And this was in November of 2011. So for a year, I remember even emailing Aaron Hoover, who was working at Habitat Shoes back then for, for some bulky shoes. Cause I wanted to skate the love Gap. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent me, fuck the, the ones guru always skated. They were huge. And I think those are the ones I did it when I did the very in. but yes, yeah, so two nights that shit for me was so fucking difficult. I don't skate things that big I just really wanted to do it, and it was a completely new experience. I don't know how people skate gaps that big. It felt like felt like my trick had melted. <laughs> That's, man, it was fucking... Because I would do the barrel heel like down every three-stair in a row, and then would ollie back up onto the gentleman's ledge at the bottom of the gap and barrel heel off the ledge and go around. And then I drove to the skate park after I didn't land it. The next day, I drove to the skate park, and barrel healed, like everything. Damn. And, yeah... I don't, you know, and I would also varial heel off the tall edge at the top of the gap and still, and I would go so fast and still (laughs) when I fucking went for this damn love gap, it just felt like something completely different.
1: Man's prepared, yo. (laughs) And then
2: the paint chips at the bottom. Is it bad down there? Yeah. I I had a windbreaker and that thing was just torn to shreds. Because the, as you slide on your back, if you do, mm-hmm. you tear up the paint chips because it's been repainted every time they yeah. have to refill the fountain. Right. So, um, yeah, it just comes up and they kind of, they slice you in the back.
1: Mad respect nights. for uh, coming out of your comfort zone on that one. <laughs> I just put the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, thing on your part. You put the cherry on top of that, <laughs> yeah. that part. Yeah. <laughs> the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Staying on on Love Park, fast forward a little bit, you had a back nose blunt on a Triton barrier for your Adidas ad, which was beautiful, Mm -hmm. by the way. But uh, apparently Kalis was kind of bummed. What's the story?
2: Yeah, uh, Kalis, I think Kalis was not bummed at me, but he was bummed at Adidas for making that an ad for a pro shoe because it's so similar to the gap to nose blunt Mm -hmm. for, I think, his pro shoe for DC. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was a DC ad. Yeah.
2: Was it for his pro shoe? i know it was a dc yeah. our skater been, powers yeah. aren't that powerful <laughs> but yeah so i th- yeah w- what i was astonished at was when i saw the the instagram i think i just immediately thought he was calling me out and turns out he was calling out adidas what did he say it was just a little emoji of like uh you know the fucking laughing crying face
1: okay wow
2: yeah. and it said come on guys see it's burned into my memory oh shit! (laughs) come on (laughs) chaos
1: no no it's cool well it makes sense it wasn't against you he helped you come up
2: and man i've only met him i've only met him like maybe twice but probably just once and i don't think i've ever skated with him looking forward to a
1: session (laughs) (laughs) okay so that one hit you out of left field at the time
2: yeah but i mean i i don't really think it should have that was after i think that was after my appendix surgery and I was filming for that little pro shoe video and I was just really like at a loss for tricks and a back nose one on a barrier is going to make a really good photo, but it's not that mm-hmm. difficult because that thing is not that tall the way we were skating it.
0: Right. right. So like you said it a little bit, we uh, heard you couldn't skate for a long time because of an appendix issue. What's the story there?
2: Yeah. So in November of 2014, this is in, yeah, I was in Philly at the time and i was dealing with finals at school at temple university and i finished one this is the paper before a final I finished one and like tried to celebrate friday night professor had it due at midnight on a friday night and uh i just had a beer and a slice of pizza went to bed at like 2 a.m thought i would sleep until i don't know three the next day because of how <laughs> little i had been sleeping yeah. but i woke up at 5 a.m in just crazy pain my friend Dom Travis, I texted him at like 7 after laying there for 2 hours like holy shit, I'm dying. He's like, "Dude, you need to go to the hospital. I'm at your door." It was it was pretty awesome, but I was I think I threw up and I was like, "No, nah, it's cool. I'm fine. Thank you so much for coming by." But I stayed there all day and <sighs> fucking Fuck. at 10 p.m. cuz I thought it was just uh, crazy you know, stomachache or something. Yeah. And but at 10 p.m. I I left again. This time in an Uber, and um, they put me under pretty quick and operated on me the next morning. Jeez. And yeah, they said like just before I was going under, like if it's if it's not fucked up, you'll be okay in three days. But if it is, if it's actually burst your appendix, then you'll be in for a week. So it was burst, and I was in for a week. My mom flew out to help me get better, but then at the end of that week, when I went home for Thanksgiving. The second I got home, I needed to go back to the hospital. I just, I was sitting down at the table and like something happened and I was, I just felt this insane pain. I was like, fuck, I need to go back. Fuck. And you know, a week in a hospital at first, I couldn't really walk. But uh, I thought I was getting better. And then I went back and they said, oh, you know, they didn't give you the right antibiotics. They should have given you this one and this one. Instead, they only gave you one of those two. So that was. That, which was called peritonitis, that infection, led to an abscess that needed to be drained. So I was back in there for just four days and came out with, like, some apparatus draining my fucking... this abscess. Yeah, so it was just, like, draining terrible shit. And yeah. was, like I think at Thanksgiving dinner, or the second one, because my family, like, postponed Thanksgiving really? for this. Yeah, it was cool. Um, at the second Thanksgiving dinner, I just had a little pouch of blood and... <sighs> plus at my side oh my god and then after that when we went back to give them the apparatus back i think i left the hospital for like three hours and i was just like i tried to eat i was i can't do this i think i was about to throw up and we went back and just asked them, like hey should he be feeling like this and they did a quick scan again and they realized that my bowels had shut down and so for the next week i was in the hospital with No knowledge of why the fuck my bowels had just stopped working. Mm -hmm. And bile was just piling up and piling up. And eventually they gave me a nasal gastric tube, which is the fucking worst thing I've ever experienced. And got all that shit out. It was like a wine bottle filled with black liquid. Jesus. And um, yeah, so that ended a month in the hospital or a month of being in and out of the hospital. And by the time I got out, I weighed um, like hundred. 10 pounds holy shit I normally weigh like 150
1: 155 Jesus Christ so that
2: was yeah that was one month and the second after I had planned a trip over Christmas break to uh to Melbourne with the Adidas dudes to skate obviously but I still decided to go even though it was like two days after I got out Mm -hmm. and I went and uh I just like that was a pretty fucking terrible idea to go to experience like 15 hours with three layovers of flying <laughs> and uh yeah but i but i went and just kind of hung out the whole time tried to skate a little bit but there's footage of me like trying to ollie onto a little curb and you can see just like i'm trying as hard as i can and my body can't even just weak. oh yeah. my god so fucked up
1: that's fucking horrible so what was the process getting getting back because clearly I mean, you're back shredding
2: dude you know that was the best thing about it was that i thought well i lost all my muscle and i made the very logical conclusion, jumped to the logical conclusion that if you lose your muscle, you lose your muscle memory, but that's not the case. And I was just able to kind of, as I, you know, it took a long time to just kind of get the muscle back, but I just tried to eat healthy, eat a lot of protein, even though I'm a vegetarian. And when my muscle came back and I was in school, I wasn't able to like, you know, do physical training or anything like that. But when my muscle came back, I could just kind of skate again. Hmm. But it, it took me three months three, four months to get all that muscle back.
1: <sighs> Did you eat meat for a little bit? No, no, no. I didn't cave in. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. That's, a, that's a unfortunate. Did you sue the fucking hospital? Or <laughs> what? God damn. you! Know. <laughs> Take that as a no. No, yeah, I didn't. So would it
0: have all been prevented if you just got the, for the two antibiotics? Well, yeah. I mean,
2: I still would have been in the hospital for that first week, but that was clearly not what, you know, I probably lost like 10 pounds in the first yeah. week.
0: It was that one mishap that led yeah. to
2: all the other
1: shit. Yeah. Jeez. That's brutal. Shout out to um, Aunt Travis. Man. Oh, wait. Is that his Dom name? Dom Travis? Dom Travis. So we, he got, showed we got up two Travises. Door. Okay. <laughs> shout out shout out to Dom Travis, the good homie, who uh, saved your ass because appendix bursting. You can die from that. Mm-hmm.
0: But he didn't save me because I just... Yeah, he stayed home, remember? He knocked oh, on the door and well, then he threw up and he, then he stayed there. He was there. <laughs>
1: he tried. Yeah also shout out to donovan because that that brought me back because uh me and donald were skating one day actually and he's like what's the next spot and i was like hospital and he's like what are you talking about i was like my stomach feels fucked and he's like okay whatever you're always hurt whatever but i'll take you to the hospital brought me and then i had my appendix removed the next Damn. day yeah. was yours burst no it didn't burst and i've heard that's one of the worst pains. so i'm i'm sorry you went through that
2: yeah it was terrible
1: but shout out to uh you know, recovering from appendix issues. For (laughs) sure. The worst. We got a very important PSA for the people. Brixton's summer 2017 collection is now available across Canada.
0: You know us guys over here at the bunt are fitted head to toe in Brixton. Bro, you know I'm out here in the Clive
1: Vois short sleeve knit shirt with my reserve chino pants. (laughs) Top it all off with the heist beanie and I'm fly. Donald, what you rocking?
0: Man, for these hot summer days, you know I like to keep it chill in the Havana trunk, the basic short sleeve pocket tee, and my van hat. Gotta protect myself from the sun at all times. You know that. Man, we out here looking so fine in our new Brixton Summer
1: 2017 collection. So go and get yours in finer retailers across Canada and online at brixton.com.
0: If you could kick one person off each of your sponsors, who would it be? (laughs) I would kick
2: Mark Gonzalez (laughs) off the team. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: just kidding.
0: The last name I thought.
1: When you're done skateboarding, when all's said and done, will you still think about it and keep up with it? You think? That's a super interesting question that I've never thought about before. Definitely, I'll still
2: be thinking about it, but like, not about skateboarding, but about the way I skate and like the way, the way I look at cities, and of course, like my knowledge of say a city I've been to that I've only been there for skating. The first places I went to, of course, were not the museums, but were the skate spots. So, I, yeah, I can't see how I would not think about that anymore. But then, of course, the other side of that question is more difficult to answer because I don't I don't really think I would keep up with skating in terms of like watching it. But then, if I have kids, definitely show them <laughs> video parts.
0: I feel like you'll always be a skater and think about it, but... you you might lose touch with the newest parts and videos and magazines for sure
1: yeah we'll probably always watch the parts that we grew up loving Mm -hmm. but maybe not keep up with the latest kid coming up
0: yeah because even like we all have friends that don't skate anymore and they still like look at skating and think about skating but they don't know all the newest stuff you know yeah yeah what i also really wanted to say was like when i'm having conversations with
2: friends who don't skate whatever the conversation might be about, I'm always looking past their shoulder, over their shoulder at like a part of the wall that has a little, you know, a picture frame. And I'm picturing that that's flat and I'm like doing a backsmith. on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens so frequently. And even over the long periods of time when I haven't skated and when I've been so immersed in other things like going to school, it's still so much a part of my brain because it, yeah, I guess as a
1: skater, you're really uniquely attuned to textures. Mm-hmm oh definitely it's like i'm sitting here right now and i'm picturing a frontside smith grind <laughs> on this ledge beveled man. ledge and working. it oh, looks of-
0: like a shit ledge to smith buddy <laughs> front blunt so skating versus being a student how did you find a balance and what took priority when push came to shove
2: there were always different uh different moments like right at the beginning when i first started going to school i was you know i had decided to go to school, so I was completely into it. And nobody was pushing me. As I said earlier, my dad, convincing him that I shouldn't go to school, like that wasn't a thing. He was not convinced. He thought that was the worst mistake ever. But we kind of worked through it. Props to him. He was able to... I remember when I told him I wasn't going to go to school, and then I wanted to film a Transwell video part with Chris Ray, (laughs) he was just silent for two minutes. (laughs) He was silent for two whole minutes, and then just said to me, Mark, he probably said, Marky. (laughs) my dad's romanian so with a thick romanian accent marky i cannot pretend to understand you (laughs) but i see that you have an opportunity and from then on he like just tried to work with me with deep deep sadness in his heart (laughs) and tried to see what skating was and i mean he just tried to look at it as something that you can have ambition towards and accomplish things inside of but yeah so that was three years where everybody in my family was actually like oh holy shit you're you're really doing this you're riding for adidas now you're getting paid a lot of money to travel the world which is what you've always wanted to do and after that when i decided to go back to school to my brother who is more into school than i am he was always more successful at that kind of thing than i was he actually didn't understand it and he was like you should you shouldn't be taking time away from skating Looking at it kind of as a sport, right he was like, You're in your prime, you should be doing this instead. And you can always go back to school. That was kind of what everybody said. But I just said, fuck, I need I need some way to like I don't know. I guess skating I turned pro and then went to school.
1: That's crazy, but that's so mad respect. (laughs) Continue, sorry.
2: Yeah, turned pro in June and then went to school in August. I'm kind of trying to tap back into that because I think that's super important to understand like my relationship to school all throughout it. It's like what made me go back to school. I remember applying and you know I applied to Temple University so part of me was the reason I applied to Temple was because I wanted to live in Philly and skate love and I was saying like okay I can go to Temple for two years and then if I'm not into school I can just keep living there or if I really am then I'll transfer after those two years. That's eventually what I ended up doing and transferred to the new school, Eugene Lang, in New York. I fucking felt like... I think I had won the year's Best Am. And I was just, like, kind of typical bleak, depressed teenager. 20 years old at the time. But, like, all this shit just felt super empty. And even traveling, too. You know, when, when I mean... when I When I talk about emptiness, I'm talking about, like, the achievements. Not the skating. But like having an image in skating having this turn into a job and then traveling like i used to do with my parents my parents and i would go on vacations and we would go we would do the normal tourist thing but that you know that was kind of ingrained and then after a while going on skate trips i realized like holy shit i'm not seeing any of this culture like there's a lot you do see a lot of culture on a skate trip in terms of you know street life and I'm definitely open for debate whether, like, which one, because I think tourism is f- the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, But I think really it was just like, I think it's kind of a naive understanding of what culture is to say, I don't want to be on skate trips. I want to be able to experience things more deeply, to push behind the facade of a city, to not just be in the public plaza and, like, you know, see the granite and actually see, go inside of these buildings and, and learn about the history. But I think that is a really naive way of understanding culture and but i didn't i didn't really have the power to like debunk that myth and what i needed to go what i needed to do was go to school cuz a lot of it is like social stigma which i dealt with a lot more because of my family like my dad grew up in romania because of his academic success he he came he, that was like the only reason he was able to come to the states and so that was how he brought up my brother and i mm-hmm. and my brother went straight from high school to the best university to Stanford and then, like, did a master's right after in computer science. And he did some, like, crazy shit while he was at Stanford, too. He set up a university in Bhutan with the king. and like Jesus. (laughs) Crazy shit. So that's my background, and that's always had... That's always been a major influence on the way... Yeah, like, when I was talking about social stigma, it's like, I felt like I needed to do that, to do something along those lines. But I also just wanted to feel like i was accumulating things other than these achievements that just kind of felt really empty
1: right i can feel that like your family your background your brother your dad it's almost like you felt like even though they had accepted you be taking skateboarding seriously it wasn't fulfilling you to the point you kind of wanted to you know fulfill yourself on the other side like relate to your you know, make them proud, make For yourself sure. proud.
2: It was a really deep thing. It wasn't surface level at all, because as you said, you know, they were like, they were backing me in skating. It was really just like a kind of insecurity that I had to deal with. But yeah, also my mom got her master's at
1: Columbia. She's a doctor. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so there's like a family pressure you grew up with that you kind of just ended up yeah, succumbing to. Yeah, and it's really
2: invisible too. Yeah. Yeah, so skating in school has at the beginning, yeah, I just fully devoted myself to to school, but I was coming with the momentum of always skating. So even though my mind was fully in school, my body was still like I was still skating a lot, and I had that habit. And so I would always on rainy days go to uh, X Park when it was still there in Philly with with Dom Travis and Ashad. But then gradually, like I kind of I think I stopped skating as much because I didn't have the crew and now like this past semester this past year in in new york at the new school i haven't really been skating much at all because it's well i mean i had this was my senior year i had to deal with my thesis like putting in Hmm. massive amounts of time to that but really like i don't have a crew out there i just skate les park see the locals say what's up and i live right by it which is sick but uh it's of course not like the most motivating thing it's only when you really need it Which is like, for me, it's like once a week, once every two weeks, maybe. Mm That I'll be like, fuck, I need a session. Uh, That said, in the last two years of school, I kind of did understand that what I was dealing with was this insecurity that, the insecurity that I needed to go to school and I needed to have a certain, like, I don't know, kind of binary understanding of culture, you know, because it's really a complex thing. And that was kind of what I was beginning to see, that my life was just as worthy of being called, like or, you know, attracting intellectual attention. So, yeah, that was kind of when I began to debunk that myth and wanting to skate a lot more and realizing that, that I had tricked myself out of skating, kind of. And, of course, actually going to school, I never, like, had mixed feelings about it. I still, up until the end, really loved it and feel now, like, you know, on those boring moments of the skate trip when you just, like, don't have much to do. A lot of downtime, rain, rainy days I know I can kind of like Tap back into that, bring whatever book I've brought on the trip out and Read and kind of tap back into this kind of Underground network of knowledge That I have of like Whatever I'm doing, you know, the literary scene Or something like that But yeah, so now that's kind of been What I'm interested in in Working on is like kind of how do I, How do I undo what I've done To like trick myself out of wanting to go And have a really fun session, you know Mm-hmm. and yeah. it's been working too I think it's just like you kind of some way you have to like turn off your mind a little bit and get and think more in like an active sense it's just like keep pushing be a shark at the skate park and always
1: <laughs>
2: you know just keep constantly moving pushing around
1: so when you made that decision you just turned pro I imagine your sponsors had all these plans for you ideas for you how did your sponsors react to your decision to go to school and really like take it seriously
2: well it was written into the adidas contract that i couldn't on the normal contract it says you have to go to six demos a year or something like that six demos or events a year and mine had a little like footnote saying he couldn't go the the athlete cannot go because of because school is his primary focus but um yeah that was pretty sick
1: that's so sick that's respect
2: yeah mad respect to adidas for that yasha muller has always hooked me up in that sense but then Brennan, Brennan wrote, Brennan's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Do you? He wrote a little, Not it wasn't for Transworld, but you know, the Transworld checkouts, mm-hmm. where it has a little blurb. He wrote a little blurb like that for me, and I can't remember which magazine, but it said something super quick and pretty bleak, like, the star that shines the brightest burns out the fastest, or whatever that platitude is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... So I think he was kind of expecting me to do something like skate really hard for a short amount of time and then just fucking drop it,
0: burn out. Yeah.
2: But we've pushed past that, and now we're on a trip together. Mission mission to prove him
1: wrong. Mission (laughs) to prove him wrong accomplished. So other than your sponsors, what did your peers and like like other people in your life have to say when you told everyone you were deciding to go back to school?
2: Yeah, that was a kind of crazy thing too because there were there were a lot of people who were really bummed in a different way than I expected like people who I felt had I didn't realize it but they would kind of invested invested whatever their hopes into me like kind of living vicariously through me and when I turned pro and then went to school they just that really fucked with their understanding of pro skateboarding and like that ideal because of course even yeah for me, I don't think I would have understood. I don't think I would have understood that if I were looking at myself at 15 years old, if I were looking at uh, my 21-year-old self making that decision. And I would probably be hurt too. But it was pretty crazy to see that people were actually hurt. Like, why the fuck would you do this? Why would you want to be a pro skater and then just go to school? And it's kind of, it doesn't really, to me at the time, I mean, I said My fifteen year old self wouldn't understand but my twenty one year old self didn't understand why I was like why I was meeting with any friction there because the the idea of skating really is like doing what you want. And if I wanted to go to school it's kind of like it's also like a a thing to do on the sidelines. Skating is always I don't know, what's the word that we always use to describe skateboarding? Like an outcast activity. It's an outlet or something like that. But that is kind of, you know, at my high school, I was the one who would who didn't really have a group of friends because I would just always skate. And then that same thing happened, but in an inverse sense, when I was turning pro, but then decided I wanted to do my own thing and go to school. So it's kind of it's kind of like, I don't know, just interesting and kind of counterintuitive. Or it was to me at the time that people would hate on me for
1: going to school. I feel that anytime a skater does anything not really just skateboarding and really puts mm-hmm. you know, their heart and soul into it, they meet some... Some, you know, backlash. You can probably count on, like, one or two hands how many skaters actually doing it, pro skaters have gone to school. Like, I know Walker Ryan. Walker Ryan. Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy.
2: Nick Jensen for painting. But, um...
1: Myself, the ghost, you know. Nobody was worried about that. Am, am for Red Star. Went long, to, long armed. Oh God.
2: <laughs> the long-armed, blonde, Scandinavian... Very tall skater matters. Matters
1: went so, to school. See, I think including yourself, that's five. That's a bunch. Yeah, that's that's not a bunch. That's fucking few and far between. A <laughs> couple of them, yeah. Brian Gibbs, you know, legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's possible to do both. To any kids out there listening, education never hurt anyone. So you can skate and go to school.
0: felt better getting a cover and a trick named after you or losing your virginity tell us about all three feelings <laughs> i was
2: drunk when i lost my virginity so that wasn't that sick <laughs> it's more like it was more like okay well that's done with it. <laughs> and
1: i didn't really know the trick either so <laughs> classic and then hold on tell me you lasted more than two pumps oh fuck yeah, we were going at it for a second. <laughs> it was cool.
2: <laughs> the cover for sure. Definitely. Because cover is like it there it is, you see it, holy mm-hmm. shit. Dreams come true. And the getting a trip getting a trick named after you, that was when it came out when that trick was on the cover of the skateboard mag, it was labeled a Hopkins grind because rodent made me name it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's a backside one eighty the fakie nose grind reaver or mm. whatever whatever i called it but Roden's like nah man that's your trick you gotta fucking name it what is it and i looked at my car which was the closest object and on there was written hopkins honda dealership <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so i named it one thing and then in thrasher when um this is named dan Vander Linden? Mm-hmm. yeah when he did it down hollywood 12 that was really because it said suture grind That was really when when I I understood, you know, what happened here. That's so sick. So that was pretty
1: sick. Like you, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you just graduated uh, university last week. Congrats. Thank you. How does that feel in comparison to finishing a video part or finishing your thesis? Oh, no, that's kind of the same thing just well, in well, no, comparison yeah, yeah. to finishing a video part.
2: Damn, it's so similar. Finishing a thesis is the same thing as finishing a video part because of the amount of time you put into it. Like, And also, what I'm thinking of, the similarity that I'm thinking of most is putting out my Adidas part, which I wasn't that stoked on, and, and putting out my thesis, which I wasn't that stoked on. <laughs> yeah. And both of them feel like just complete failures, even though, of course, they're not. Like, all of my professors were trying to tell me, like, you're crazy. This is really good. Sure, there are parts that seem unfinished. But I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you didn't see what I what I had three minutes before I sent it to you. But I had written, like, this shit should go here. <laughs> Fuck this paragraph. <laughs> and then for the Adidas part, it's a lot of new footage. So people who see it are going to be just stoked and like, whoa, mm-hmm. cool. Holy shit, that's a hard trick, you know. I guess, of course, it, that Adidas part it took me like two years, two and a half years. So that's four times as mo- as long as the thesis. But still, it's just like, it fucking makes you feel alone because all these people are just trying to tell you that you've done something good when they're not even on your page and they don't see how much of a bummer it is to just have something come out with your name on it. And not for it to to be shitty, but for people to think
0: that you think it's good and Mm -hmm. that it's finished Mm
2: -hmm. when you don't I
0: think a lot of skaters have felt that about their parts Yeah,
2: Yeah. but Cross Continental and I knew it while filming it, while editing it that was the one time that I had I had all the time in the world you know, no pressure and I could do whatever I wanted and my desires my ideal was really clear my desires were, were very focused and my ideal was really clear so I put that out knowing like every part of it was what i wanted because i was just working with Miguel Valle on it every part of it was what i wanted and when it came out i knew that i would never have the freedom and the ability to do something that good again Mm -hmm. and you know i i knew that i would i would do a ton more shit like the search the horizon video but stuff like that like i wouldn't have wanted it to be three songs to be so stretched out felt like there were a lot of tricks that i could have done much better but they were in places like sevilla in spain and i'm just not going to go back there right yeah.
1: i hope that means that the, the next time we get apart from you hopefully you have enough time and and uh, freedom to drop another classic on us you heard <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next question is uh and the last question is what's next for mark habitat video and an adidas solo part oh yeah uh, shouts
1: to you proving Brennan wrong. <laughs> is, the star is gonna keep shining bright. You heard Brennan? Haha! <laughs> 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 Y'all know what time it is. Rapid fire with the ghost, <laughs> with this little genius nigga they call Sushu. And this week, we brought to you by Exo Skate Shop in Quebec City. Numbers Skateboards just released their second edition, and you know Exo's got them. So go get yourself some right now. The boards are available in store and online at exoshop.com. And look out for Exo skate video coming soon. All right, yo, you ready? Yep. Favorite skater? Dennis next? Favorite video? Mosaic. Favorite video part? Jake Johnson, Minefield. Favorite style? Popolardo? Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Tiago Lemos? Favorite trick? Backside disaster. What the f- <laughs> Hardest trick for you? Switch front heel. Most illegal trick? It's Willy grind. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Very heel of love. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Watching
2: Brandon Wynn skate. Recently, he did something in Japan's fucking insane. He didn't even land it, but definitely gnarliest thing I've ever seen. Who? Brandon Wynn, the guy who rides for Alien Workshop, my buddy.
1: Okay, okay. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Biggest bunt of your career? Riding for Elm hats. <laughs> Best trick you've ever done not caught on film?
2: Uh, Kickflip crook, nollie flip on a skate park box. But when I first started skating, that was... I read a big brother interview and I think Chris Narakos asked Bob Bernquist why he didn't just skate street instead and learn kickflip crook kickflips so I searched every magazine for that trick not nollie flip um, and couldn't find it and then just said to myself one day I'll fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) and I did it at a skate park it bounced but nobody filmed it. God damn. What's the one trick that got away? A line in Oklahoma City at that courthouse with the red brick ground that uh, there's a big rail that lands low that Rick McCrank did the back lip on, and yeah, right. I had a really long line on the way on the last cross country trip I did before Search the Horizon came out. I had just a really long line with like a switchback nose on a ledge, a mani trick, a fakey heel on flat, and then somehow got around to regular and back nose bunts to the rail belt. <laughs> Landed on it, slipped out, got too dark. Damn. Jeez. We had to drive west.
1: <laughs> that would have been a classic suit you banger line uh, which reminds me of your uh, thing at uh, Across the Street from Love the switchback line. Woo! <laughs> Shouts to you, switchback toe. Who's your guilty pleasure skater?
2: These days I'm, I'm trying to, to debunk that myth that there, sh- that there are guilty pleasures in skateboarding. I'm trying <laughs> to just kind of appreciate everybody skating and it's working very well. But who is that kid who lives like in I don't know upstate New York? A lot of YouTube videos came out of him like 2008 era. He's a small white kid, really frail, skating and is skating his back porch. Oh, and, like, it's Jeff Wansong, song,
0: man. Yeah, Jeff Wansong. song. I knew Wait, it was coming. Are you sure. Yeah, or his name's like Descheneire Ch- De yeah. or something like but that. But he's frail white kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And doing he does frontside like big flips, the things. mob
2: kick flips and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah.
0: There we go. <laughs> he's probably listening, so he's gonna be pretty hyped. Yeah. His shit was dope. Shouts to you. flying off his... He had like a seven stair in his backyard. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? I learned one
2: yesterday, I think. Switchback lip front shove. I think i had never done that before.
1: Okay. Favorite local brand? Uh, Atlas Skate Shop, for sure. Favorite local skater? Eric Derringer. Favorite teammate ever?
2: Not Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got to take it back to Powell... Flow days, cause that shit was really sick. We were skating together all the time. Big group of kids. Um, the one I skated with most so though was Addy Friday. Sick. Worst company. The fake truck companies that think they're doing something new, but really just look insane. <laughs> <laughs> or the wheel companies, for that matter, who put out wheels with a little fucking gap in between two sides. You know, just straight down the middle. So you're riding on eight wheels fuck those things (laughs) worst trend I think there are a lot of people doing impossibles or doing 360 shavits and calling them impossibles and kind of they all look the
1: same it's pretty terrible yeah a lot of battle at the barracks fraudulence going on um worst style possibly guy (laughs) camping
0: possibly fucking (laughs) man uh okay last person you want on the sesh Brennan Conroy (laughs) Shots. Finished with a bang. <laughs> all right, y'all, that's gonna wrap up our interview with Mark, my man. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and doing this. Thank
2: you guys. It's been a
0: pleasure. It's time to get it cracking in the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about the Matt Berger, Flip Etnies collaboration. Edneys has teamed up with legendary skateboard company Flip to release this special shoe. With both companies rooted in skateboarding, this couldn't be more of a perfect collaboration and we couldn't be more proud of our fellow Canadian Matt Berger, the Rail Reaper himself. So make sure you get a piece of this collection before it's all gone. You've got mail. All right, we got an email from Narwi Baba, what's good the bunt, long-time listener, first-time emailer, been a fan of the show since day one. It's the only show on auto-download in my, iTunes, in my iTunes, just to make sure the newest episode is on deck for my daily commute. First off, when is our boy Sluggo coming on the show? Yo, Wade D in the streets already took care of that last year, Dime Glory Challenge so uh tune back into that one secondly a big fan of the rundown i hear people are hating but keep them coming it gives us europeans a chance to follow what's going down while we're sleeping and third and last what the fuck is up with football getting no love in the rundown and by football you mean soccer well neither of us watch soccer so i'd rather not talk about it than talk out my ass you yeah, know I what can, i'm saying well we could tell you the scores if you'd like but that's about it man sorry man we can't help you bro it says, cheers from the Narwi Baba Foundation in Oslo, Norway. Whew, shout out to Norway, dog. Damn Thanks dude. for email, my dude. Shouts from
1: across the pond. And right, next up, we got an email from Michael Nichols. What up, bunters? Michael Nichols writing in from Charlotte, NC. First off, love the pod. Y'all got mad fans down here. Shout out to Charlotte, yo. This question's for the ghost. I recently broke my tibia and have what's called a Maison fracture, not sure if you've heard of that, but basically fucked up some tendons in my ankle and shin, and I'll be getting surgery this week. Doctors say I'll be out for around 16 weeks, I know you've had multiple injuries, just wondering if you've had anything similar happen, and looking for some TV show recommendations, music to check out, anything I can do to stay sane for the next few months, I won't be walking for at least 8 weeks. So can't do much exercise, unfortunately. Much love. Keep cranking out the good pod and skate for me since I'm benched. God damn, Michael, I feel your pain more than you can imagine. Just uh, a week and a half ago, actually, I just found out I have to have surgery on my ankle. So I definitely feel you. I've never heard of that fracture, but it sounds like a bitch. And you're not—you're gonna be off off your board for a while. I've been there many times. Uh, i definitely got you on show recommendations i'll give you my top five actually it's not top five i don't have enough time to think it through (laughs) but here's five great ones sopranos my number one all time i know you got time so you got time for that show it's really long but it's the best oz the original hbo jail ting next level true detective season one game of thrones fargo ray donovan Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. Toys going off the top now. <laughs> These are all, you know what I'm saying, the the good, good. Um,
0: Sopranos is the best place to start, man. Yeah, even power. you got time, hit the wire as well. Yeah,
1: the wire. Power ain't the greatest, but it's entertaining. I don't know. If, if you've seen all of those, email me back. I got you. This guy's a Rolodex. I definitely recommend getting any kind of exercise in you can, even if it's push-ups and sit-ups, because if you ain't sweating, you know what I'm saying? That depression can creep in. You got to stay active one way or another. Uh, once you can walk again, like start swimming, whatever you can do. This email was six days ago, so you might have just had your surgery. I hope it went well. Heal up soon. And uh, shit, Doug, I'll be joining you on the bench. Well, I'm already on the bench. I'm limping around now, but I'm meeting my
0: surgeon next week. For fuck's sakes, Michael. We in this together. You guys could be pen pals. Get well soon. Yeah, stay strong, Mike. Be back in a minute. All right, next up, we got an email from James McCurdy. Yo, bunt. I was the kid who said Felipe Gustavo was the new PJ Lad. Skirt! All right, we're going to cut this email right here. Nah, I'm just playing, homie. I got one more question. What is your favorite Tom Penny and Josh Kalis part? And my second question was, if you were going to start a company, who would you pick to start it with? Brian Wenning, PJ Lad, Tom Penny, or Josh Kalis when they're all in their prime? P.S. Love the way D footy on the gram. All right, first
1: favorite Tom Penny part. I know it's a compilation and it was mostly all scene footage, but Minic Maddie, that uh, instrumental was classic. We actually used to, it used to be the intro track to the Bunt season one before we switched to iTunes. And Josh Kalis, I really liked his part in Minefield and I love the song, even though I know that song caught a lot of flack. It, it worked for me. And he, and he did some beast tray flips and really good part.
0: For Tom Penny, I'm going to go with Anthology. Just saw, seeing the man destroy over the chain into the bank was enough for me. And for Josh Kalis, I'll say the DC video. Some vintage Kalis right there. And for as for your second question, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm starting the company with Tom Penny. Easy. No explanation needed. Mostly because I can't frontside flip. And he's got the best one. Yeah, I got to go with Tom Penny as well. but. Ooh.
1: You already took Well I mean I thought you would have your boy dog Tom Penny's a god And just from That Tim O'Connor interview The behind the scenes We got from that Just It sounded like he was a man Among boys You know what I'm saying <laughs> But Since you took Tom Penny I'm going BW <laughs> Wait
0: No like If Tom Penny's off the board oh, And okay. we're drafting him Oh if this is a sports draft I'm going BW Wait D Let's get some more footy On the gram God damn it
1: Alright, next up, email from Joey Abarka. What's up bunters? Just got my bun shirt in the mail and it's a fucking barn burner. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Denver. <laughs> shout out to Joey. Over the years, I've become the tour guide whenever teams come through Denver. I've met some really sick people and some really whack people. Shout out to Bram and Nate at DLX and Scuba at Nike SB. Hopefully that shout out will get safe a box. My dog. i'm already on nike fam
0: okay okay
1: two summers ago i showed around the zero team and man jamie thomas is giving clint walker some competition for captain kook damn be <laughs> shots fired um <laughs> he ain't showing the zero team around anymore have you guys ever met any skaters you've looked up to that ended up being the worst
0: i think we already answered that i believe we have had a similar question on the show before yes And we are in agreement that Chris Markovich is the answer for both of us. There was i forget what team he was on back then. Might have been 88 footwear. Who knows, you know? Cody might still be wearing them to this day. (laughs) You just never know. But um, they did a little demo at a a local park, Perception Park. And I forget what the trick was. They were like jumping off this big quarter pipe. And uh, I think he was trying to kickflip off it which is a scary scene in itself because we've seen Chris Markovich's kickflips before. Jeez. I think one of our friends landed it before him, a man by the name of Aiden Johnston, with a kickflip given to him from God. He can flip into just about anything. And unfortunately, it made Chris Markovich cry. He threw a little temper tantrum and went and sat by himself on the... On a bench over in the park, so... Hey, that's my answer, and I'm sticking with it.
1: But before you answer that, too late, I need you guys to issue a ticket to my man, Davis, because he started a line with a fakey pop-shove-it to switch front 50-50, and that shit is hella illegal. Can't let him get away with that. Agreed. That's atrocious.
0: I agree as well, but Just then he went and that huge gap, so... Wait, who's Davis? Davis Torgerson Isn't that who he's talking about? Oh, he's talking about one of his own homies?
1: Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Moving
0: on. Yeah, that's shit's hella illegal, Davis,
1: how about next time you just lean back a little and do it to switch 5 or lean forward and do it to switch nose grind? Come on, Hebs.
0: I thought he was taking a real shot at Davis Torgerson or something, some clip I hadn't seen.
1: No, Davis has good trick selection.
0: All right, last email for the day. We got Danny Flanagan. Been listening since day one out here in Colorado. Love the show. Have either of you ever gone to a spot expecting to bunt and after a few tries realized you could actually do the trick? And one more thing can we get David Reyes on the show and have him explain why he isn't pro or am? I really do not understand.
1: Damn, he still ain't pro and what?
0: That's weird. Pretty sure he's am. Isn't anyone am?
1: I don't know. Remember, Sasha was telling us that. Like something was coming, but I guess it hasn't been announced, or maybe it fell through.
0: Knowing his luck, it probably fell through.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll hit him up. No, only a bunter would go to a spot and think they're not gonna land it. So I've never had that mentality. When I claim something, it's because I think I can do it, and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for Donovan as well. Uh, but we we do know a couple bunters, but that ain't how we roll. You know
0: what I'm saying? So to answer that question nope Uh, that's going to be a hard no for me as well I mean there's definitely times when just like in skating if you go skating and you say you're going to do one thing and you end up learning something that's a little bit better but nothing like that man not for me anyways
1: if that's your mentality, damn B
0: damn Danny you got to fall back and uh, relearn (laughs) the basics thanks for the email G alright that's going to wrap up the post office for this week it has been another banger that's for sure yo yet you know what it is
1: excited for the rundown this week i'm sure y'all know why <laughs> the Cavs are 0 and two the warriors haven't even put it all together you know game one didn't shoot that well low turnovers w double digit points game two mad turnovers <laughs> can shoot the ball well w if they can fucking keep their turnovers around 10 and shoot well yo i'm smelling a sweet
0: blood yo what's that uh what's that thing you do in the nhl minute snooze (laughs) button you hit i might have to take a snooze button on the on the nba one this week dog i'm cheesed all right let me just run my mouth for a bit then still (laughs) (laughs) hey
1: yo supporting cast Cavs trash darren williams hasn't scored yet jr smith put out a fucking apb for that negi because i ain't seen him tristan thompson 0.6 rebounds game one you know kind of showed his face a little bit the kardashian curse is real he's trash fucking kyle korver is looking like he aged like 10 years in the last month or so he's useless out there you know, all all season they're make acquiring these old
0: mans and oh shit the depth is too real yo hold on hold on who did they get out of retirement for a quick sec oh larry sanders yeah yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. the experiments are real the experiment yo gm lebron <laughs> you fucked up blood
1: david griffin you fucked up you ever heard of they fucking- didn't fuck
0: up like what are they actually supposed to do against this team
1: maybe not go grab every old man available well then they know for next year They're ga- yeah they fucked up yeah All right. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> yeah. we got I almost feel bad well you know what last it's year so the Cavs back, came man. back so I ain't gonna like really Anything go too is hard possible. right now but god damn I mean the role players should play better in, in Cleveland but right now it's scary Draymond hasn't even had a great game yet Clay finally woke up showed up but Steph and KD are on another planet. And if Draymond starts to contribute and the, the bench keeps doing its thing, this sh- will be a five-game series. But there's still a chance that it's a sweep, even though I it's called that six. double
0: dribble, man. It all goes back to that double dribble. I think we would have had the game. It all goes back to Kyrie didn't show up in game two. Shut the hell up. Kyrie was out there. 19. It actually makes me sick watching KD be so happy out there with this team that That came back from 3-1 and whooped his ass last year. I just don't know how he does it, man. But bravo to you, KD, for being the the softest rapper alive. Media and critics just put bare pressure on people to win rings.
1: He's like free agent. He put in his time with OKC. He wants to win a ring. There's no other reason to leave OKC. What's the best chance? Golden State Warriors, baby. Yeah, sure. Hey. Now Clay's going to have to leave, so. Hell no. Is what it is. They're about to win three rings in the next four years. You heard it here first. Turn up, all y'all. Yo, shout out to,
0: no, shouts out to LeBron though. True leader, man. He's, uh never loses his cool. He'll be back for Game Three. We won't get one on home court. Never loses his cool. You watch that series against Dallas with me in New York. He is young man. This guy's he's <laughs> grown old now. Sad scenario. All right, enough about basketball. Moving over to my area of expertise, where Safa thinks that he's. Uh, He's going to take a W away from me. The Nashville Predators were able to squeak one out at home. And by squeak, I mean beat up on the Penguins 5-1. But you know what it is, 2-1. Game 3 popping off tonight, which is Monday night. You thinking about to tie this shit up, bud? I don't know, man. I heard Nashville is a hard place to play. Still, Have you
1: seen it? Still haven't watched the game.
0: You gotta see this place. It's electric in there. I heard there's like forty thousand fans outside the arena. It the the streets are covered, man. If there's any listener out there in Nashville, shout out to your fucking hockey fans, dog. Is they real? They about as real as the Leaf fans. PK is gonna score a goal tonight. And get an assist. Do you hear what about the uh, the biggest like controversy in the, the Stanley Cup Finals is that PK Subban told everyone that Sidney Crosby said he has bad breath. That was that was Sidney Crosby's chirp on the ice. <laughs> he got bad breath. Come on, Sid. We need more than that. Pittsburgh's gonna wrap this shit up pretty soon. Six games. Hey, all right, whatever. I I could care less,
1: but I, I'd like I'd love to see Nashville come out with the the uh, Stanley Cup.
0: <clears throat> but right now, Golden State's just got me hyped, you know what I'm saying? All right, so we handled basketball, we handled hockey. You want to slide over to some European football for the good homie? Hard no on that. <laughs> With that said, the rundown's are wrapped. So is this episode.
1: Shouts to Suchu, Kevin Lowry, all our sponsors. Catch y'all next week. Peace, y'all.